Okay, welcome everybody. This is Marie Cantu talking about herbs. It's going to be super fun. And maybe, Marie, you want to tell us how you um, did some herbal classes or you were doing going to herbalist school? Sure, yeah. So when my almost five-year-old was in utero, I was trying to find you know, I had used a few different things. Um, I had a home births and of course my midwives were really educated about herbs and, um, I had used raspberry leaf in the last part of his pregnant, my pregnancy with him in like a massive, what seemed to me like a massive quantity. It was like a, a full quart, a heaping quarter cup of herb every single day for the last six weeks. And I had zero after pains, whereas my after pains with my last baby had been absolutely horrible. Um, so I started getting more into just herbs in general and my husband, I was talking to him about it. I was like, I don't know what books to get. I don't know what to learn. He's like, I, I mean, everything's online now, aren't there classes you can find? So I went and looked and sure enough, um, I found a online herb school in, uh, Vermont run by Rosemary Gladstar, who's a pretty famous herbalist. Um, she's probably in her eighties at this point. Um, so I started that and that's a really, really great, highly recommend. It. It's a really great community herbalist course. I added, as I found more things I was interested in, I added classes from, um, the Commonwealth herb school in Boston. Um, and then I started apprenticing with a naturopath homeopath here in Washington, uh, in April. And he just moved. So now we're doing Zoom too. But, but that has taught me a ton. I've added some homeopathic knowledge to my herbal knowledge. And it's, it's still going. You know, I've got five kids. I've had a lot going on. But it's absolutely fascinating. And I'm happy to share, share whatever I can with the people in my life. And, um, yeah. So Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I'm super curious. Go ahead. Knowledge. Oh, we've got right. another person. This might be one of our best turnouts ever. You, you're pulling in a <laughs> <laughs> glad I can do it. All right, I'm going to share my screen. I put together something of a slideshow. Let's see. There we go. Okay. So when I was um, talking to Jen about what I would cover, at first I made a big list of herbs and I had a big long list and I was like, oh, I can do all of these. And then I started jotting down some notes on that. And I was like, oh, I could spend the entire hour just talking about nettles. <laughs> that would be really boring. <laughs> so I'm going to try not to talk about nettles for the entire hour. I'm going to try to talk about other things too. Um, but I just love, I love nettles. They basically grow themselves. And Katya Swift is one of my teachers at the Commonwealth Herb School in Boston. She says, everyone has a nettles deficiency. They are that amazing for every stage of life. They're perfectly safe. They're a food-like herb. Um, you can use everything from the roots to the seeds and, um, they really are a medicine chest. And especially these days when all of our food is so mineral depleted, they're so important. Um, and you can just find them in growing in the wild. I mean, obviously you want to be careful where they're growing, not right next to a road or, um, in a place where they're dumping chemicals or anything like that. But they're pretty easy to identify because they'll introduce themselves when you brush against them. Um, they have little hollow hairs all over them with silica tips. They break off when they're brushed and they irritate your skin with a mixture of all kinds of, of chemicals, one of which is histamine. 
Um, so from the sting, the sting is the first medicinal part of the plant. The using the sting, nettle sting to um, uh, heal things is called urtication. So the, those little silica hairs contain formic acid, acid, histamine, and serotonin. So it creates a local inflammatory response, which is super obvious, right? You, you swell up and it turns red and it hurts. Um, this increases circulation a ton. So if you have stiff, dry, arthritic joints, this will cause the capillaries to pull fluid to the area, clean out anything that's like the uric acid in there that's, that's causing pain. Um, rheumatoid arthritis is too much fluid in the joints and the urtication will also help that. It'll increase the circulation and pull fluid away from the area. Um, so it's like a capsaicin cream or something. It's very warming and healing. Um, if you have a sprained ankle that's been swollen for weeks and it just is not healing, find some nettles. It'll call up blood to the area and cause that joint to start moving properly again. Numbness, pinched nerves, all kinds of things. Um, so obviously the sting is available year round, uh, except for the winter when it's dead, but all from the spring growth to the old growth, you can always use the sting. Um, and I decided I was just gonna go through it by time of the year because that's easiest. So the spring nettle tops, um, that's a picture of my uh, pesto, my nettle pesto. They can be used like spinach. So you wanna harvest the top three to four leaf sets when it's small like that, and it's got some purple in it. Um, they're nice and tender. The sting will go away when they're dried or cooked. Those hairs will lose their, lose their um, ability to break. And you can make it into all kinds of things. Just use it like spinach, but it's more nutritious than spinach. It has, so 25% of the calories is protein. It has eight times the calcium of spinach, um, has potassium, magnesium, silica, iron, vitamins, but it has extremely, it is extremely low in oxalates. Um, oxalates are something that are in all the green leafies, especially spinach, and essentially they bind to minerals in your gut and they prevent you from absorbing the minerals and, um, all the good stuff in the plant. And that's kind of, you can say it's kind of the plant's way of protecting itself, but nettle obviously doesn't need that. It protects itself perfectly well. So nettle has extremely bioavailable mineral content. You will absorb what you eat. Um, I wanna make sure that I'm not missing. If anybody has questions, feel free to type them in the chat box. I wanna make sure I'm not missing any of those. This is my first time trying to do this on Zoom. So hopefully, Hopefully I'm not seeing. Okay. Um, so let's see, moving on, I think. Yes, I was going to mention, um, uh, whenever I talk about these herbs, I probably will use terms like dry and cool and damp and warm. Um, in Western herbalism, those are energetics of the plant. They're basically what the plant is and its effect on you. So nettle is a dry and cool plant. Some people can find it too dry for them. I'm a pretty dry person by constitution. Everyone's constitution is gonna tend dry or damp, cool or warm. And I'm a pretty dry person. So when I eat or 
drink nettle, I usually need to mix it with something damp like marshmallow. <laughs> Otherwise it'll just make me thirstier. Um, so nettle is dry and cool. And part of that is because it is excellent for the kidneys. Um, so moving on to mature nettle leaves in the summer, they're tougher and they're not as tasty. So you don't bother really using those in pesto and stuff. You, um, you wanna harvest these to dry for tea, to use in tincture and infused vinegar. So vinegar is gonna pull out, vinegar will dissolve minerals really well. So it'll pull out minerals better. And then you can use that vinegar in, in salad dressing or whatnot. You can put other herbs in there to make it tasty. That'll basically taste like, uh, like more minerally spinach. Kind of. it's, it's pretty savory taste. I find it pleasant. Some people don't like it. Um, so you put it in vinegar and you'll just get like green tasting vinegar. And that's a really effective way to dissolve the minerals and pull them out to use and um, without having to eat the whole plant. Tincture is, you can use, you can use fresh leaves for tincture and that's, um, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Sorry. Um, but a fresh, a tincture with fresh leaves is what will pull out. I mentioned there's histamine in those leaves. It'll pull out um, chemicals that help with histamine reactions and help dry you up. Um, this is Charlie. Um, it won't give you mineral benefits because alcohol is a very poor medium for pulling minerals out of a plant. But if you want a tincture that will help you a ton immediately with immediate reactions to histamine, like not, this isn't a long, you can use it long-term, but this is more of a rescue remedy kind of thing. Um, then a fresh tincture is gonna be the way to go. Um, freeze dried is also excellent for this. Uh, freeze dried capsule of nettles. I think it's, I wrote it down, 300 milligrams freeze dried is the equivalent of a cap of Claritin. Um, I've totally it, had that experience. It's like, yeah. it feels equivalent. It works just as well as Claritin. I mean, it's a bigger volume, but it's impressive to me. It, yeah. Um, it is bigger. Are you saying that the, so the alcohol doesn't pull the minerals, so the minerals are still going to be stuck in the leaves? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay, It'll no. pull a little bit out. I mean, all alcohol has some water in it. So that water will pull out a little bit, but you really aren't going to get you don't make a tincture for the mineral benefits. You want to make an infused vinegar or a long steeped tea. Um, okay. But the vinegar so wouldn't works. necessarily help with the histamine the same way? It, I think it would be helpful if you had a fresh, if you did a fresh leaf infusion, which you might not want to do with vinegar. That might go bad It might if you dilute it too much. So with the tincture, you want to use a high proof alcohol usually because there's lots of water and nettle leaves. Um, so if you're using them fresh, you're going to add a lot of water to your preparation. Um, and you add too much water, it's going to go bad. So you want it to stay at least 25%, which is not hard to do. I, I have to jump in here and say that Marie's nettle tincture is literally the only thing that has ever, ever, in all my <laughs> many years of trying to find something has ever made a difference in one of my histamine attacks once it started. So oh, I'm, I'm, so I'm, a, I'm a believer. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 
I just can't even say enough. It's kind of miraculous because I've tried all the over the counter stuff. I've tried homeopathics. I've tried supplements. I've tried a lot of things. And <laughs> anyway, oh, that's so. so great. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't completely stop it, but I can take it multiple times and it will help each time. And it lasts for a little while and it'll take it down by, I don't know, maybe 50%, which is, is huge, huge for me. Um, yeah. So anyway, (laughs) I'm so glad, but yeah, you can do that at home. You can make it at home. You just let it, you want to chop it up fine. Um, you want to be really careful. Don't sting your hands, cover it with a high proof alcohol. And you can, if you want to get technical about it, um, you can look up ratios for the leaf and the alcohol, but you can just cover it with alcohol and let it steep for about six weeks and strain it. Um, I actually use a blender. I blend the, the leaves in with the alcohol and that helps keep it covered. Um, yeah, it, other than the immediate histamine benefits with the fresh tincture is uh you get long-term benefits for with regular consumption it just builds your resilience um so dried leaves if you're using dried nettle for histamine benefits you want to start drinking the tea you know a, a few months ahead of time a few months ahead of the season um and it'll build your resilience to that um when i say long steep tea i'm talking four to eight hours uh so a short steep, a regular tea that you make with like chamomile, you can steep it for five minutes and it pulls out the volatile oils, the stuff that smells good. And you know, it has that calming effect and a lot of herbs you can do that short steep with. With nettle, with anything minerally, you want to long steep it because the minerals are gonna take a while to come out. Thank you. So yeah, cover with boiling water, just leave it on the counter for overnight and drink it the next day. Um, let's see what else do I have? Uh, nettle and the kidneys. This is a big thing that I just recently started looking at. Um, because the, your adrenal glands are nestled on top of your kidneys. Your kidneys are basically the soil your adrenal glands grow in. So healthy kidneys are really key for healthy adrenals and, uh, uh resilience, um, to stress. So for endocrine issues, it's really important to work with the kidneys and make sure that they're working properly and they're healthy. And, um, nettle is incredible for the kidneys. It will, if you, um, drink a bunch of nettle tea, you will notice that you are peeing more than you took in. It's going to pull some fluids from those interstitial spaces and, uh, it's a diuretic. It's going to pull extra fluid out of your body, but it doesn't deplete you the way over-the-counter diuretics might. It doesn't deplete you of potassium because it has potassium. So it won't deplete you of those minerals that you are peeing out because it's replacing them at the same time. So it's a really effective diuretic and it's also a diuretic that you don't have to take um, extra minerals with. Um, so with the, sorry, my... Little notebook okay. um, it is used for anemia and it's really effective for anemia, but it doesn't have quite as much iron as spinach, even though it's more bioavailable. So you're probably absorbing more. Um, so my harebrained theory is that because nettle stimulates the kidneys, 
um, the actual mechanism of action that helps with anemia is stimulating the production of erythropoietin, EPO, which is produced by the kidneys and signals your bone marrow to produce red blood cells. So it maintains your hemoglobin, not necessarily through pumping a bunch of iron into you, but um, by signaling your bone marrow to, to make more blood. Um, it also has lots of chlorophyll, which is really good for anemia. Um, it improves blood glucose. There are various possible routes for this. So I'm just gonna say it improves your blood glucose, yay. Um, it can, it might be increasing your insulin secretion. It might be slowing your digestion of carbohydrates. It might be increasing your insulin sensitivity. There's many different routes that are theoretically possible with nettle and it might be doing all of them, but it improves your blood glucose. And, um, that's something that a lot of us need, I think. <laughs> are there any more questions about that, that slide or anything? I just rattled off really fast. I was just wondering if there was an age limit because I have the, um, every spring I have horrible hay fever and I've been drinking nettle tea along with raspberry tea, like a quart a day, essentially. Nice. But, uh, and I noticed the benefits. It's really, really awesome. Cause I, I yeah, it's drying. I have always had like a runny nose, very, yeah. very easy. But my son is, just a year. So could I give him the tea? Yeah. To like dry them out. Okay. So there's no like age. Yeah, limit. for sure. Okay. It's yeah. There's no, there's no age limit. It's probably going to take a lot less to have a good effect on you. Well, that would be uh, nice. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that was my question. Yeah. 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 It's great. It really is like, I haven't read any contraindications other than, you know, it's a diuretic, so it's going to dry you out, that kind of thing. So pay attention to that. But other than that, like it's, it's spinach basically just okay. super powered. <laughs> okay. Well, I will give them something. Nice. Might have to mix it with something tastier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, I don't know. He likes mint tea. He'll, he'll definitely drink that if he has a gassy stomach. Oh, yeah. He loves tea. I'll be like, Mama's having tea? Here, I'll make tea for you. <laughs> He's like, goes That's awesome. Yeah. That's a good start. Buddy, don't take that apart. Um, are there any other questions about that before I move along? Uh, the next. Whoops. Ah. Okay. We don't really use the nettle flowers because we want seeds. Um, the seed is an adaptogen. And I know Jen's talked to you guys about adaptogens before, but this nettle seed is an incredible uh, nourishing adaptogen. So it does not stimulate you in the way that something like ginseng, some of the more um, popular adaptogens may be too energetic. Um, so it's excellent for general burnout. It's a restorative, it's not a stimulant. And it's when herbalists say that something is specific for X, it means that it is the go-to herb for X condition or X um, uh, organ system or something. Nettle seed is specific for the kidneys. 
nettle seed has been shown to slow the progress of halt or even in some cases reverse progressive renal failure. It's an incredible, incredible herb. Um, some people say it's a slightly zippy adaptogen, but I don't find it zippy at all. Um, I, I mean, it, with adaptogens, the problem is everyone has a different level of sensitivity. So someone could find something zippy that doesn't affect someone else in the least. Like someone could be able to eat a tablespoon of nettle seed and go straight to bed and not have any problems. Someone else might not be able to do that. Um, so it is trophy restorative, which means it's specifically balancing and nourishing for the kidneys. Um, and adaptogens, if anybody's unfamiliar with the term, it's generally an herb that it's a fairly new term. We didn't really have, it's not really a term in traditional Western herbalism or TCM or anything like that, but it helps the body. Dead adaptogen is something that helps the body adapt to stress. It modulates your reaction to stress, usually aids the adrenals. Um, the root is not used a ton. It's specific for um, benign prostatic hypertrophy, so for men, <laughs> the prostate. Um, but it is helpful for any kind of boggy, loose pelvic conditions. So if you want to try it, um, you know, moms always have issues there. So trying it, a few drops of the tincture for a couple of weeks, and it might help tighten things up. Um, but yeah, that is, that's nettle, root to seed. It is an amazing herb. And David Hoffman is another famous herbalist. And he just says, when in doubt, give nettle. If your kid is sick, give them some nettle tea if that's what you've got. Um, and it will help no matter what. So it's one of my favorites. And I really, really like it. It's interesting because in, in Chinese medicine, they say, you know, the kidneys are the root of your, your energy and your life essence. And so they also very much value herbs that they say um, tonify or support your kidneys because then yeah. your body can just kind of take it from there and do what it needs to do. So it totally yeah. makes sense with the Asian way of looking at herbs. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. I really, I like, I knew it affected the kidneys, but until like a year ago, I wasn't really paying attention to that specific action. And it's fascinating to me, especially with the anemia component that that, you know, it, it might not just be the, you know, the minerals and the iron in the plants. It might be the actual stimulating the organ that helps with anemia. Uh, I think that was all I had in my notes. If there are any questions before I move on. To ginger. Ginger. That's universal medicine. Ayurveda is uh, Indian um, ancient medicine, and they call it the universal medicine. It's another medicine chest plant. Um, it's never been found growing in the wild. We, it may have been bred thousands and thousands of years ago. Um, you can find wild ginger, but it's not really the same plant. Um, if you see the word officinalis in a Latin binomial for a plant, that means that it was the medicinal version of that plant. It's a medicinal, medicinal species. Um, it's warming, and that's obvious, right? Ginger warms you up. Um, so in any 
situation this is it's at root it's um it's gonna warm and move so it, in any situation where you need your the body part or your whole self warmed up you need fluid movements um if you need blood circulation to improve ginger root um it's a synergist which means it unifies the components of a formula and helps them move through the body and get to where they're going which again warmth and movement tcm is traditional chinese medicine it's used in over half of the formulas and there's so many formulas they love to use it as a synergist to to pull things together and move things through your body um So people who are tend to be hot by nature, if you tend to run hot, you should probably use small amounts, try to find something else. <laughs> Don't use too much of it. It will warm you up. Um, but I think most women, especially these days, tend to run cold. Even if you would be by constitution hot, then, you know, a slow thyroid um, can make you cold. Um, and it just, if there are a lot of demands on your body as a mom, you're nursing, you're pregnant, whatnot, you can tend to run cold, even if you would otherwise run hot. So I think women, especially ginger is a really good um, thing to rely on. Uh, topical use is really interesting because people don't usually talk about using ginger topically. So if you have nausea with continuous vomiting, or you just can't keep anything down, like even the stuff that would help, you can't keep it down. Who's gonna drink ginger tea? It's just coming straight back up. Um, you can make a foot soak out of it. You can slice a good chunk of ginger, simmer it for 20 minutes, um, and then pour that into a, a bin, add enough water to cool it off until it's as hot as you can stand and stick your feet in it. Um, this was my go-to, my last pregnancy. Um, Tim would literally bring me the foot bath like before I get out of bed in the morning, I would just swing my feet out of bed into the bath and I would sit there until I could walk out without puking everywhere. And it's really amazing, um, especially for kids who just want ginger spicy. They're not going to drink it. And if they're throwing up constantly, give them a foot bath. Um, cold cramped muscles. If you infuse some oil, olive oil or something with ginger, it is an excellent antispasmodic. You can put it on there, especially if the muscle is like, if it's been hurting for a long time, it's an old injury, it's going to increase the circulation of the area, kind of like the urtication with the nettles. It's going to increase the circulation of the area and help your body move fluid through it and warm it up and get it moving again and relaxed. Um, a compress is also very effective. Just make a strong ginger tea, soak a towel in it, put it on the, on the muscle. Um, you hear about those onion and mustard poultices in the old days. Um, a lot of people still use them. And ginger is another thing you can use in the same way as an onion or mustard poultice to warm up your chest, loosen stuff mucus for something like pneumonia, um, bronchitis, all that stuff where you get this just ugh, in the chest. You just can't get it out and it won't move. Um, ginger poultice, ginger compress, can warm it right up and get it moving out. Um, also for, uh, cramps, severe cramps in that, that time of month, um, a warm poultice or a compress over the uterus can loosen everything up in there, um, loosen up stuck old blood that might be causing some stagnation. Um, 
and I mentioned carpal tunnel because that was one of the things that was mentioned in a couple of my books. You just wrap like cut strips of ginger and wrap them around the wrist. You can do a warm poultice of grated ginger as well. Um, but again, it starts that fluid movement, warms it up and you can move your, can move your joints again. Um, are there any questions about that topical uses? When you say uh, infused oil, how many, how long would you be infusing the ginger into the oil? Um, it depends. I'm sure you can find a lot of different recipes online. I, when I make my, I make a ginger cayenne and kava balm and I usually, I use dried ginger, dried herbs. So I shake it up with some high proof alcohol. I let that evaporate off. And then I just cover it with olive oil and I heat it in a double boiler in the jar. Uh, you can use a double boiler. I use a uh, sous vide now. Um, for like a day, just at a low warm temp. And then I'll let it sit for a couple of weeks before I start using it. Um, I mean, you can taste it. You can see how spicy it's gotten. It's, it's one of those things where like you can make it in your kitchen, especially if you know how to cook, because once that oil tastes spicy, it's going to feel spicy. It's got, it's got what you need. Um, so it's pretty easy to, to make. And then you can, if you're feeling crafty, strain it out and add some beeswax and you've got a really awesome muscle rub. Um, it helps a ton with like, I get tension headaches right back here and I always put some on when it starts. Helps every time. There we go. Internal use. Uh, carminative, ginger is carminative. That means it warms up a slow digestion and it helps with gas and stagnancy. You know, if you've, you've got a, had a heavy meal, you're feeling really, really full and it's just not slug, you're sluggish and it's taking a long time to digest your food. Ginger is going to, again, warm it up and move it along. It'll move your digestive juices through there, get things, get things uh, chugging. So literally any nausea or digestive issues, like food poisoning, morning sickness, um, too much food, car sickness, reach for the ginger first. It works so much of the time. Um, it also acts as a prebiotic. So it feeds the gut bacteria in uh, your microbiome and it um, increases the number of species. So a lot of what we want for gut bacteria, it's part of the reason that probiotics and capsules are sometimes helpful and sometimes not is because they're very, they're, you know, there's millions of species and then just one or three species of, of probiotic, but ginger increases the number of species in your gut. So the diversity in there, which is really important. Um, it has protein digesting enzymes. You never want to marinate your meat in raw ginger because it will turn into mush. Um, but eating raw ginger or, you know, drinking a, a short steep of raw fresh ginger, um, can help you digest the protein that you've just eaten because it'll break it down in your stomach. Um, it's also an appetite balancer. It will increase or decrease as you, your body needs it to kind of like an adaptogen for your appetite. Um, so this next point, I had read this several times in different books. Karcha Perksen Khalsa is a, an Ayurvedic practitioner and he is, uh, he was born in the U.S., I'm pretty sure, but he is Indian. 
my heritage. Um, and his remedy for a migraine is at the onset of onset of RF symptoms to put two tablespoons. And I checked this in two of his books. I was like, this has got to be a typo. Two tablespoons of ginger powder in warm water and down it. And then if the symptoms start to come back four hours later, repeat that. And so I went to put this on the slide and I was like, I, I can't recommend this to people without trying it myself because it sounds insane. <laughs> so lucky for you, I started getting one of my tension headaches on Saturday morning. <laughs> so I did it. I got two tablespoons of ginger powder. It's not a migraine, but I get these tension headaches that kind of start in my neck and move up through my eye. And it's just, it's debilitating. And it always, when it starts, I'm like, oh, here it comes. We're in for it. So two tablespoons of ginger powder in warm water. I use my little um, milk frother and got it all mixed in. And I took the first gulp and I went searching in the fridge and found some cucumbers. And so <laughs> took a gulp and I would eat some cucumbers and I'd take another gulp. Um, after about an hour, I hadn't noticed it anymore. And I thought, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow morning and it's gonna be there again. And then Sunday morning during mass, I started noticing, oh, the tension is kind of back again. I wonder, by the middle of the afternoon, I realized I hadn't thought about it and it wasn't there. I'm fine. So it worked. It was really kind of a horrible five minutes of drinking two tablespoons of ginger powder, but it worked beautifully and I was shocked. Um, I guess I shouldn't have been shocked. Yeah. KP calls it an amazing practitioner. I should not have been shocked that this is recommended in multiple books and it worked. <laughs> but I had to do it myself. Yeah, thanks for taking a hit with so, the team. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, studies show that ginger rivals ibuprofen for arthritis pain. Um, this is actual, this is several studies, it's not just one. So it is incredible at the same thing that urtication is incredible at, which is moving fluid in the joints. And, um, Ginger, you know, you look at ginger, it looks like a gnarly hand. And that's a really good way to remember, hey, this is good for arthritis. It's a gnarly, gnarly hand. Um, I make a tincture. Oh, I meant to say this up above. I make a ginger tincture for car travel, ginger and chamomile. And it has prevented my, if they, as long as they tell me soon enough, it prevents my kids from throwing up. It's done that so many times. And so I just keep a bottle in the car and I hand it back as soon as someone complains that their stomach is hurting. Um, let's see what else I have here. So fresh ginger in TCM, traditional Chinese medicine is incredibly important. People tend to be cold. They tend to be sluggish. Everything is moving slowly including their immune system. So at the very beginning, and this fresh ginger, dried ginger is very, very fiery. Fresh ginger is less fiery and it has more of the It's a little more nourishing. Excellent to wake up the immune system, especially if you tend to run slow and your immune system tends to be, um, sorry, I'm not sure what just happened there. This is It's a very old iPad crashes things on me frequently. Um, oh well. Can you still hear me? 
Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. No, I know how that goes. Go for okay. it. See if I can get this to re-download. I think this iPad is just so um, full that it's not going to. Yeah. Anyway, I'll keep talking about ginger. Uh, so fresh ginger. Fresh ginger is excellent at the beginning of illness to wake up your immune system, especially if you're run down, cold, and sluggish. Um, keep it in the freezer and you can grate it right out of the freezer. If you buy organic ginger, you don't have to peel it. Just grate it straight into the cup, make yourself a cup of tea with the fresh stuff and uh, kick the cold, kick the flu. Um, so especially one of the indications someone who could really use some ginger and is run down is that they tend to get tired in the middle of the afternoon three o'clock. I mean, that's, that's everybody, right? Just three o'clock comes around and you just kind of just can't get up off the couch. That's a good indication that ginger will help in this situation. Um, and when the, once the illness is an illness is established, ginger is a diaphoretic. So it warms you up and makes you sweat. So if you're running a fever and you're really cold, like that fever is making you cold and it's kind of stuck and you're not sweating. Um, Fresh ginger will cause that fever to, you'll make that fever effective, might make it a little bit higher, and then you'll break a sweat and help, it helps to detox the, um, the sickness. So um, if you have that kind of fever that is making you huddle up under eight different blankets and it's not going anywhere, it's not doing anything, ginger will help your immune system kick it into gear. Um, and again, for menstrual cramps, internal consumption is excellent as well. I'm going to see if that does the same, similar thing to, um, here we go. No, I can actually use, I can actually dial in from my phone and share it from there if it just won't work. Yeah, the only thing with your phone is we'll just you have to mute yourself before you go live on your phone. Otherwise, we'll get like yeah. a reverb or whatever. All this feedback. Yeah. Um, and then you can log on. You can log off of your iPad. Um, fresh ginger is an excellent labor aid. Um, it's nourishing and again warming. Um, it, it helps when you're starting to get run down through labor towards the end there. Um, mix it with some honey or maple syrup for blood sugar and um, just sip on it and it helps a ton. It's um, some herbalists say it's specific for labor. Um, sorry, just trying to, trying to sign in on my phone. I'll just I'll just add that um, in Chinese medicine they say the same thing about like if you if you feel like you're coming down with an illness they suggest you make tea out of ginger and scallions which of course they would always have around we wouldn't and just simmer it for a little bit and then drink that and it does seem to help. Oh, scallions. Okay, so I'm I'm here now. Okay, it says I'm just waiting for you to let, let me in on my phone, Jen. So I'll mute myself and you can let me in on. 
Okay, the other Marie's in. Hold on, hold on. There we go. Okay. Sorry, this doesn't seem to be working properly. You mean it's not sharing? I can we can hear you. You mean it's not sharing? It is a little different on the phone. Um, I mean, it's going to look different to you, but um, let me think. For some reason, my. Um The other option would be you could just go ahead and talk through it and then you could share the slideshow later, you know, like email it out to everybody. Yeah. That'll work. All right. Let me just pull it up so I can look at my Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Still working. Yeah. Um, okay. So labor aid was the last thing I said, and it also improves insulin sensitivity and balances your blood sugar like nettle. Um, I'm not sure of the mechanism of that, but it is in there. Um, I had a, uh, quote from the way of Ayurvedic herbs, which is by KP Kalsa, who did the, um, whose recipe of the two tablespoons of ginger powder is, and, uh, he has, let's see. Page. Um, he says a study reported in obstetrics and gynecology looked at 70 pregnant women with morning sickness after using just one gram of dry ginger per day for four days, 87 and a half percent of the ginger takers reported improvement compared with 28% who took a placebo. Another study found that women taking ginger syrup achieved great benefit with nausea of the women in the ginger group. 67% who had been vomiting daily stopped vomiting within six days compared to only 20% who took a placebo. So, you know, you, you, ginger is your classic pregnancy nausea remedy, but people usually just give you like a ginger chew and call it good. Um, but you, you know, you take a half a teaspoon of ginger, um, mix it into some water and down it if you can. And uh, that can get you some really good benefits. In Ayurveda, they tend to use giant amounts of herbs. <laughs> they laugh at us. We're very, we're very wimpy over here in our Western herbalism, but Ayurveda uses, you know, you want to take it in a tablespoon. You want to take it in a, a big mug. You want to, you know, eat it all day. Um, stop being wimpy with your little ginger chew and just down it. And they've, they've got a point, especially with something like ginger. Um, were there any questions about ginger before I go to Elderberry.
Yeah. So, so when you talk about ginger powder, you're just talking about the generic stuff that I have in my spice drawer, right? Yeah. Just the thing in the shaker. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. That's the question I had. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just literally that stuff. You, you, it makes kind of a sludgy mixture, but it mostly stays suspended if you've got a good, fine one. Um, let's see. Okay, maybe this will work now. working. Um, I wanted to talk about elderberry next. That's my elderberry bush. Don't ever plant elderberry anywhere. You don't want it to be nine feet tall and nine feet wide because it will do that in about three years. <laughs> um, but it's an amazing plant. Again, it's another medicine chest plant. Um, we used to use the bark and the roots as well, but they are, um, excellent at making you puke. So we don't really use those anymore. Um, an old rhyme says Jesus was crucified on it. And ever since it's just been a bush, it used to be a tree. And then our Lord was crucified on elder and now it is cursed. And so it's just a bush with a bunch of small branches and it'll never be a tree again. Um, it is not antiviral because a lot of a lot of us don't like that term because it's a little too, it doesn't really encompass what, what immune modulating plants do. So elderberry is not going to get in there and attack your virus and kill the virus. It's going to get in there and um, fix your immune system so that you can attack the virus. Um, and it's really, really good at it. A lot of studies show massive improvement in flu patients. I mean, I'm sure we're all familiar with elderberries. There's elderberry syrup on the shelf of pretty much every grocery store. Uh, it's often pretty terrible elderberry syrup, but if that's what you've got, that's what you've got. I highly recommend making it yourself super easy. Um, and it's going to be a million times more effective than the bottle of Sambucus that you grab off the shelf. And if you have a bunch of kids, you're going to go through that little tiny bottle really, really fast and it's expensive. So, you know, it, yes, it's about 25 bucks a pound for organic elderberries, but you're going to get a whole bunch of batches of syrup out of that. And it's going to save you a ton and be more effective. Um, it has some anti-inflammatory actions, uh, a little story from Maud Greaves, uh, modern herbal 1930s, very modern. Um, said that in 1899, some American sailors reported to a doctor in Prague that getting drunk on port wine was a sure remedy for rheumatic pains. And the doctor said, mm, not sure about that. And it turns out he did a bunch of digging and he did some tests and their port that they were drinking was very cheap port, which was adulterated with elderberry juice. So they were drinking a whole bunch of elderberry wine and it was working wonderfully for their rheumatic pains. Probably also helped that they couldn't remember their rheumatic pains anymore, but they tested. So a classic old formula is 30 grams of elderberry juice, which you're going to want to cook and 10 grams of port for rheumatic pains. 
So it's not just immune modulating, it's also anti-inflammatory. You always wanna dry and or cook the berries because they have some um, cyanides that it's not going to poison you. It might make you uncomfortable and give you stomach cramps. Um, it's not gonna kill you unless you eat enough of them to kill you anyway. <laughs> just, you know, diarrhea you to death, it's very pleasant. Um, are there any questions before I move on to flowers? Is it still working? For some reason, I can't see anything except my screen. Yeah, we can still see it. Okay, okay and then elderflower. Um, I love, I love elderflower. It's immune modulating like the berries. So it's the same plant that's gonna have some of the same properties. Um, when you think about elderflower and its effects, you can think about um, the, that St. Germain cocktail. I think Sarah Mori introduced me to the St. Germain cocktail and it's delightful. It's St. Germain elderflower liqueur and some bubblies. Some, um, is it made with sparkling wine and club soda? I think, I think so. Yeah. It's a really, really good bubbly cocktail. So when you think about elderflower, think bubbly, because that's what it's doing. Um, it's diuretic and diaphoretic. Diaphoretic is the same, a similar thing to what the ginger does. It causes, except elderflower is not warming. So it causes a fever to come up and out to, you know, break out into a sweat. If your fever is stagnant and you're cold and it's just not doing anything, hot elderflower tea will cause that fever to kind of bubble out into a sweat. Um, but it has to be hot. The, the temperature of the beverage matters. So you have elderflower hot tea would be diaphoretic. Elderflower cold tea will be diuretic like nettles um, and help, you help your kidneys. Um, it does not generate new heat. So like ginger, cayenne, those will generate new heat and help your uh, fever rise a little bit and be more effective. Elderflower will not generate heat. It'll make the existing fever. So if the fever is already high, but it's not bubbling out. That's when you want elderflower. Um, it does the same thing to your mood. Uh, it's funny because a lot of the women I know, I know several women who really, really like St. Germain and I'm one of them. And we all tend to be a little bit of Eeyore. Um, and it's because I think my theory is because elderflower makes us happy. It makes us bubbly and cheerful. It lightens the mood. If you are, it's an emotional diaphoretic. If you are just stuck and stagnant and grouchy and you just need it to bubble up and out and you need to feel better. Elderflower is a wonderful herb for that. Um, it is, uh, also has some antihistamine properties. The flower and the berry both contain quercetin, um, which is, you can get that. I mean, I'm sure you've all seen the like, you know, it's a supplement and you, they extract it and put it in a pill. But elderflower and elderberry both have quercetin in them. So they can be very helpful for histamine reactions as well. Um, is there anything else? Any, anyone have questions about flower or berry, I guess? I think I have time for, I have time to yammer about Telsey for a minute. Yeah, and we don't we don't like wrap it up necessarily exactly at two. I just always make it my goal, and then we just go from okay. there. So, 
you know, <laughs> people will probably stay longer if if babies are behaving and stuff. So just do your thing. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I'll talk about Telsey. Um, I love Telsey. I think I love it more than nettle. It is a beautiful plant. It smells so good. It smells like, I don't know, flowery marshmallows. Um, it's easy to grow like regular basil, except temperate Tulsi. There's different kinds of Tulsi. Um, most of them are a little tricky in any climate that's not India. Um, but uh, Osimum Africanum, which is uh, uh, temperate Tulsi. And actually I discovered recently, um, my friend Fiona was growing a bunch of herbs and they were under a um, plastic because it was still cold out. And I stuck my head in to see what was under there. And I smelled it. I was like, Oh, you're going Tulsi. And she said, no, just, there's some basil under there. And it's actually, we figured out that it is marketed by Baker Creek heirloom seeds as blue basil. So if you get blue basil seed pack from Baker Creek, that's Tulsi. That's temperate Tulsi. It is, it is actually hardier than regular basil out here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, it lasts longer for me and it starts earlier. Basil is a regular culinary basil is a little bit, um, a little bit picky, but Tulsi is just, it's just beautiful. It, I, I love it. I know the different people react differently to, to certain herbs. So certain people might not like it, but it really is tasty and, and smells so good. It's a gentle adaptogen. It's kind of like nettle seed. Um, so it's, it's going to modulate your, uh, modulate your stress response and relieve anxiety. It also helps to balance your blood sugar. It's kind of a common theme with these ones. Um, it tends to relieve the stuck feeling, hopelessness and grief. If you're stuck on the couch, um, one of the ways one of my teachers likes to use it is, is people who have the kind of depression where you just want to sit and everything feels overwhelming and you can't get up off the couch and you can't get started. Um, she likes to give them a small, like half ounce bottle to keep in their pocket. And when they're literally stuck on the couch, just take a couple squirts of it and wait and it'll get you off the couch. It's a really, it's a really wonderful herb. Um, Avicenna said that all basils, he referred to all basils as heart exhilarants. Um, they increase joy. Um, and Tulsi is just a wonderful, wonderful plant for that. There are some, the same pregnancy warnings for Tulsi as with regular basil. I remember eating like pounds of pesto with my first baby to try to go into labor. It did not work. Um, but those, that's basically what the warnings are based off of. You can't, you know, people will say, oh no, it might cause contractions. But in my experience, even at 42 weeks pregnant, basil does not work. So uh, use it at your own risk, but it's a- it's I did, really I did use it a couple of times uh, and it seemed to help, but who knows, I might've been ready to go anyway, so. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of those things, right? It's like, well, was I literally about to push the baby out or did it actually help me do it? Um, but yeah, it's just use your judgments, I guess, with that one. I don't, there's no, for any of the other ones, there's no, uh, specific warnings, obviously, you know, nettles like spinach, ginger is, you know, practically necessary in early pregnancy and, 
Um, elder doesn't have any warnings. It can be a, a mild laxative, um, but basically at the same level as like blueberries. You know, you eat too many blueberries, it's gonna act like a laxative. Um, so yeah, that is what I had. I can talk a little bit about Codenopsis if anybody wants to. Um, that's one that is not, traditional medicine uses it in pregnancy without a problem, but it is, it does have warnings attached. We love our warnings here in the U.S. Um, yeah, well, what, what warning specifically? Is it just a generic, like, we don't have enough studies warning? Yeah, it's a generic, not, not enough, yeah, not yeah. enough information, don't yeah. use it. But it is used to, as a nourishing, a nourishing adaptogen for pregnant women and historical, historical use has it as a nourishing adaptogen. That's fine in pregnancy, so don't take my word for it. <laughs> Do you have any, um, do you have any pictures or slides for that one too? I don't have a slide for that one. Um, I have, I have a picture of my very sad harvest here. Uh -huh. Let's see. I had codenopsis in a pot for like, I think it was in there for three years. It was deeply, deeply neglected. And um, it would have been really wonderful but okay, now I've got all of my different photos of my children's feet. There we go. There's my Codenopsis harvest. Um, the thickest ones are about pencil thickness. But uh, if you buy it from like Star West, Star West Botanicals sells it by the pound. Um, and they chop it up into pieces. And it's, it's about twice as thick as the stuff I grew. But this is from a deeply neglected pot which I barely even watered. It was exposed to extreme temperatures on both ends and it still produced this, which is a pretty good pile of Codenopsis. It's a very sweet root. It's really tasty. Um, and that's the nice thing is that you get a bag of cut and sifted pieces and I just keep it in a jar on my counter and you can just grab and chew a few. And my kids love to steal it. So I had to put it up high because they can't have a whole ton of it. <laughs> it's a little more stimulating. Um, than some adaptogens, but it's not, not yet, buddy, in a little bit. Say hi. Um, but it's not nearly as stimulating as, it's um, not nearly as stimulating as, um, I don't know if it'll let me do this, ginseng. And it's often used in place of ginseng for people who are particularly sensitive to stimulant uh, adaptogens. Um, like I said, with uh, nettle seed, I'm not super sensitive to zippiness with adaptogens. I think it's because I'm, I, I just process herbs pretty slowly. I'm, I tend to be, I'm a bigger person, <laughs> tall and broad. So I process things more slowly, but um, Codenopsis has never bothered me, even eating it right before bed. And it bothers some people if they eat it right before bed, but um, it is, yeah. When you taste something when you, and when an herb tastes sweet, that usually means this is nourishing um, and I'm supposed to eat it and it will help build uh, my resilience. Um, but yeah, codenopsis, especially for women who are entering menopause, 
because menopause is so drying already. It's a drying process. And uh, yeah, codenopsis is, is moistening and cooling, unlike ginseng, which is hot and dry. It's an excellent substitute for that. Thank you so much. Oh, um, yeah. you, you did get through in an hour. I'm impressed. Yeah. Talk really fast. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't talk too fast for everybody. That, that was incredible. My, I have one quick question though. Do you have any like books to recommend for beginning herbalism? Because I've been listening, but I haven't been taking notes and I'm going to need to go through and listen to the talk again and take notes. And I was thinking yeah. there's a book <laughs> that would be even <laughs> there's better. There's so many. Um, okay. Let me see. Well, what do I have? What do I have on my shelf? E email, email them to Jen or something and have Jen send them out. Yeah, or, I don't for know. Sure. I can make question. a list for myself. I think I have most of my, um, more recipe-ish books out on my, I have, I have one shelf for books out there and I have one in my room <laughs> and they're both okay. full. So <laughs> I should be able to come up with like five different recommendations. Um, yeah. That would be incredible. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. I feel like I learned a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I learned a lot just writing down notes for all this. It was really, really helpful for me to like consolidate what I know and totally you know, find new things about, about the herbs that I didn't know before. Yeah. Like that ginger foot soak thing. Um, that's something to try. Yeah. Um, it's really, really great. It was a lifesaver for me. Yeah. Last pregnancy with this guy. <laughs> it was very nauseating. <laughs> Does, it, Does anybody else have any any questions? Yeah, I can share the slideshow with you. Um, I probably can figure out how to share it. <laughs> yeah, if, if it's in your Google Drive or whatever, it should just be a link. And then if you okay. select that, you know, it's open access or whatever, it's called unrestricted, unrestricted and we can all just open up and look at it and maybe kind of follow along. Because for the part that we weren't seeing the slideshow, you know, you're probably reading from it. And um, and it does help to see the visuals. And then I'll, I'll put the recording on um, the podcast, you know, just as is, can't clean up the audio too much, but just take it as it is, everybody. And um, yeah share it with everybody on the email loop for in the, in the IO groups so that everyone can have awesome. the video and the audio and the slideshow and whatever book recommendations you want to share. It sounds good. Okay. Thanks everybody. Thanks for having me. I get to talk your ears off instead of my poor friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah All right, take care.